Let's go ahead and start this morning with prayer. Father, we're, we are thankful that we serve a God who is defined by love. And Father, we're living in a world with a lot of problems. We're living in a world with some big problems right now. So we cry out to our big God who loves us, a God of love and a God of mercy, a God of justice. Father, we are mindful of what's going on in the Ukraine right now, and we pray for peace. We pray for you to do what only you can do, and that you would be with that situation and those people. And we pray it in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. I know that's a prayer that we have been praying, and you have, and we'll continue to, to pray that prayer, uh, that God would uh, do what God does. I want to welcome you this morning to week three of our study on the book of James. Last week, we talked about what James had to say on the subject of temptation, and if you remember, there was a couple verses in that passage that I said we were going to skip until this week. Well, here we are, so here we go. But before I get to those two verses, I came across something that I thought was a little bit interesting. You might find it interesting as well. There's a researcher by the name of William Miniger who found that almost 80% of people who get fired don't get fired because they're not good at their job. In other words, they don't get fired because of technical incompetence. They get fired because of relational incompetence or emotional incompetence. In other words, there's some problem with them or with their employer or with the culture and there's just not a meeting of the minds there. And so that's why most people lose their jobs. If you pay close attention to what we're going to talk about this morning, what James has to say, that, most of that can be alleviated. And then I found another researcher named James Lynch who discovered that lonely people, people who are isolated, actually have shorter lifespans than people who are connected in the community. If you pay close attention to what James has to say in these few verses this morning... You won't be isolated and lonely, and you'll live longer. So, you all picked a great day to be here. This is like going to be one of the best sermons you'll ever hear, because if you pay attention, if you put into practice what James is about to tell us, there's a real good chance you will not lose your job, and you will not die. So, that's pretty good for a sermon, right? Now, even better than that is what James is going to tell us, you are all going to get. You are all going to understand. Everybody in this room today is going to understand what this sermon is about. In fact, everybody in this room is going to be able to put it into practice, no matter who you are. If you're an introvert like me, you can do what James is telling us to do. If you're an extrovert, not like me, you can do what James is telling you to do. No matter where you are in the personality spectrum, you can do this. And by the way, if you don't know where you are on the personality spectrum, you need to be at the Living Color Conference this April, right here at Bay Area, right? We're going to learn some things about ourselves. You're going to learn some things about the rest of us. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun, informative. You need to sign up and register to do that. You can do that in the lobby uh, today. I hear that spots are filling up quickly, so don't put that off too long. Uh, you don't want to miss that. But uh, anyway, let's go ahead and jump into the passage that we skipped last week. 
It's James chapter 1. It's only two verses. Verses 19 and 20. James says this. My dear brothers, take note of this. Take note of this. Now, last week I made a comment about people who take notes, and I got a little bit of a pushback from some of you. (laughs) So here's James, the brother of Jesus, telling you, take note of this. So if you're a note taker, you know you're, you're, you have a permission to start taking notes again. But take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. By the way, if you're keeping score, that is one quick and two slows. James says you are to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. In my office, taped to my desk, I have a little card that has Psalm 141.3 on it. That verse says, help me, Lord, to keep my mouth shut and my lips sealed. That's Old Testament. (laughs) New Testament, James says, be quick to listen, but be slow to speak. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Let me ask you a question this morning. Just be kind of like mass confessional time, all right? Just by show of hands, has anyone here ever spoken too quickly and regretted it? Anyone? Yeah, sure. Those of you who aren't raising your hands, I know you're, 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 you're speaking slowly, so that's good. You're, you're getting there. But yeah, come on. We all have, right? We all have said things that we've regretted. We all have said something and say, why did I say that? And why did I say something that was so unkind? It was so unfair. Why would I make that harsh, inappropriate, false statement? You know, why did I lie? Why did I gossip? Why did I complain? Why did I say that? Now, let me flip that coin for a second. Ask you this question. Have you ever listened too quickly and then regretted it? Have you ever said, okay, I'm going to dial into this conversation? And I'm going to pay really close attention to what this person's saying. And I don't want to just hear what they're saying. I I actually want to understand what they might be feeling underneath this. Have you ever done that and then looked back and said, Wow, why did I do that? Why was I so patient? (laughs) Why was I so empathetic? Why did I listen so quickly? No, we never do that, right? Listen, here's something that we need to remember, something you need to understand. When you're dealing with someone, and you're dealing in conflict, because I think that's what James is talking about here. I think he's talking about dealing with someone in conflict. When you're in conflict with, something, with someone, what you want is exactly what they want. You both want exactly the same things. The person you're in conflict with wants exactly what you want. You want to be heard, right? I want to know that you are hearing me. Not only do I want you to hear me, I want you to at least make an attempt to understand where I'm coming from. Guess what the person you're in conflict with wants? They want you to hear them. And they don't want you to just hear the words. They want you to try to understand where you're coming from. They want you to be quick to listen and slow to speak. I want someone I'm in conflict with to be quick to listen and slow to speak. We both want exactly the same thing. Now, we may never come to a complete agreement on something. In fact, we might never agree at all on some things. But at least we all want to know, okay, I've been heard. You know, we, we, we have this disagreement, but at least you heard me. 
And I know that you made an attempt to understand what it is that I'm saying, even if we don't come to agreement. Now, just a second ago, I asked for like a mass confessional. Let me give you a personal confession. My, my worst moments as a husband have been times when I have been slow to listen and quick to speak. And my very worst moments as a dad have been times when I have been slow to listen and quick to speak. Some of my greatest regrets in life have been times when I've been slow to listen and way too quick to speak. There are times with my kids when I do that dad thing, you be quiet, I'm talking. I'm, I'm, I'm big, you're small. You know, I'm smart. I'm your dad. I have all this wisdom. I have all this life experience. Let me pour this into you. You just be quiet and listen to me. I'm right. You're wrong. You know, it's possible to write somebody right out the door. We can be right and write somebody right out the door. You can write someone you love right out of a relationship. You can write a great employee right out of the company. You can write a brother or sister right out of the kingdom. And you know it's true because we've all been on both sides of this thing. You know, we have been the ones whose eyes have glazed over when somebody's talking to us. And I know they're saying something, but I have no idea what they're saying. And I'm just waiting to respond. I'm not listening. And we have seen our, our kids' eyes glaze over, right, when we're talking to them. I want you to listen to me. You know, look at me when I'm talking to you. You're not paying attention. And somehow we've convinced ourselves that, well, what James says about being quick to listen and slow to speak, that doesn't apply to me when I'm dealing with my kids. And that doesn't apply to me when I'm dealing with my wife. That doesn't apply to me when I'm dealing with my employees. James would say, what are you talking about? Of course it does. It especially does. That's why I said everyone, be quick to listen and slow to speak. James says, everyone, be quick to listen. Strange phrase that he used, isn't it? Quick to listen. James uses two words that, that don't even seem like they should be put together. That doesn't even make sense. Quick to listen. How do you listen quickly? How do you speed up your listening? Listen a little quicker. Come on. How do you do that? What's James doing? I think James is doing what good communicators do. He's trying to make a point, and he's making it in a way that you pay attention. He says, be quick to listen. His point is, your first priority, the most important thing you can do in a relationship, number one, listen. Listen very carefully. Be quick to listen before you do anything else. Listen. Which, again, is exactly what we want other people to do for us, right? We want other people to be quick to listen to us. And really all James is doing is just kind of repeating what his big brother Jesus had said. Remember Jesus said, what you want someone else to do for you, do that for them. You know, do to others as you would have them do unto you. You want someone to listen to you, right? Well, you listen to them. Be quick to listen. Now... Quite honestly, this is hard to do. It is hard to be quick to listen. Because listening involves humility. 
Listening involves a sense of servanthood. When I'm listening, I'm not just waiting to tell you everything I know to prove how much, how much smarter I am than you. If I'm listening to understand, that takes humility. You know, one of the most interesting aspects about the God that we serve is God is a God who listens. It's all over the Bible. Uh, the prophet Isaiah puts it this way, Before they call, I will answer. While they're still speaking, I will hear. God hears every prayer. God listens to every cry. He knows the longing of every heart. He pays attention to every single person on the face of the earth. God listens. Then I've got uh, Deuteronomy 6 up there. You'll recognize that. We just sang the song. If uh, you were living in the first century, you know that is the Shema. It was like Israel's favorite verse of all. It was there, John 3.16. And it begins, Hear, O Israel. Hear. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Those people oriented their lives around hearing. They oriented their lives around listening. Mark Twain said that wisdom is the reward you get for listening when you would rather have been talking. Be quick to listen. You want people to listen to you. You need to be quick to listen to others. And then James says, be quick to listen, but be slow to speak. Be slow to speak. Again, if you're an extrovert, you're not going to like that verse. You're just not going to like it. I know extroverts that this, this passage just drives them crazy. So, is James saying that it's more spiritual to be an introvert than an extrovert? Is James saying that introverts are probably closer to the heart of God than extroverts? I think he probably is. <laughs> it's not a legalistic thing, so we're not going to get hung up on it, but yeah, probably. No, no, he's not saying that. What James is saying is, God wants you to surrender your life to him. All of your life. And one of the hardest things for us to surrender is our mouth. It's our words. The speech that we use. It's just hard to live and surrender with that. And it is staggering to me how little self-awareness most people have around this issue. About talking slowly. Because we all know people, when you're in a conversation in a group, you know there's that one person who's going to dominate the conversation. No one else. No one else is going to get a word in. And you don't dare ask a question. You know, you don't dare ask for a clarification because they'll just keep talking and talking. And, you know, you're, you're going to go down another rabbit hole. And right now, someone's name or someone's image has popped into your head, right? You're thinking of someone right now, right? Guess what? Real good chance someone's thinking of you right now. Because let's face it, we all have this issue. We all have this kind of unawareness. But we need to do some self-assessment in here. And we need to stop sometimes and say, okay, um, when's the last time I heard another voice in this conversation? You know, there needs to be a stop sign or at least a yield sign here. 
You know, how much airtime am I really taking up? And sometimes you're just around people and all they want to do is interrupt. And I just constantly interrupt. Some people are just chronic, aggressive interrupters. And again, they're not listening to anything you're saying. All they're waiting is for you to take a breath. Because as soon as you take a breath, they're going to jump in and give you their opinion, tell you what they know. Winston Churchill famously said, quit interrupting me while I'm interrupting you. (laughs) No, James just said, be slow to speak. Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, had, had this to say about talking. Don't talk so much. You keep putting your foot in your mouth. Be sensible and turn off the flow. I love that translation. Be sensible. Turn off the flow. Be slow to speak. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. And if we can figure that, th- those two directives out, what James says next really is going to come a lot more easily. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Slow to become angry. That is both a decision and that's a result. If you're quick to listen and slow to speak, you're going to be less likely to become angry. If I'm listening and my intent is to try to understand where you're coming from, to really understand what you're saying, I'm going to be much less likely to become angry. Now, we all express anger differently. We get that, right? Some people blow up. Some people yell, shout, slam doors. Other people kind of take that anger and they turn it inward. And they just kind of withdraw, sulk around, mope, which is kind of what I do. When I'm angry, I just kind of get quiet and I mope around the house waiting for my wife to say, what's wrong with you? Just so I can say there's nothing wrong with me. (laughs) Well, I know something's wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with me. Well, there is because your mouth is in a straight line. My mouth is not in a straight line. You know, it's just my passive-aggressive way to try to gain some control, I guess. But we all express anger differently. But James wants to be sure we understand no matter how you express anger, it is so destructive to relationships. It is just a relationship killer. We've got to get a handle on our anger. One of the ways to bypass blowing up in anger or bypass just getting moody and you know, sulking around is to try to understand what the person is saying to try to understand where they're coming from. And one way to do that is to be quick to listen and slow to speak. And I think that's what James is talking about. I think when James is talking here about anger, I think he's talking about it in the context of communication that's breaking down. The frustration of when you're not hearing me. You're not listening to me. You're not trying to understand what I'm saying and it's making me angry. So James says, here's the formula. The longer you listen, the more you'll learn, the less angry you'll be. It's kind of the formula. The longer you listen, the more you'll learn, the more you'll understand, the less angry you'll be. Let me share with you a couple things that it's not deep, it's not really insightful, 
But it's really important that we remember when we're in conflict with someone. It's really important to remember a couple things, um, to remind ourselves. And the first is this. Everything that everyone does makes sense to them. Yeah, real deep, right? I told you it wasn't insightful. But it's true. Everything that everyone does makes perfect sense to them. It gets worse. (laughs) Everything that everyone says makes sense to them. If someone says something to you, they're saying it because it makes sense to them. It makes perfect sense. And then, on top of that, everything that everyone believes makes sense to them. Everything that everyone believes makes perfect sense to them. And that's why a long time ago I decided, and some of you might take exception with me on on this one, but I'm sticking by it. For me, personally, I'm never going to judge anybody because of what they believe. I don't want anyone to ever feel like I've been judged when they have a conversation with me. Because there's a reason why they believe what they believe. It makes perfect sense to them. There's a reason why people don't believe in God. I mean, it makes sense to them. Everything that everyone believes makes sense to them. And when it comes to spiritual things, I'm never going to tell somebody, well, I'm right and you're wrong. In fact, I'm never going to tell somebody, we're right and they're wrong. What I tell people is, here's what I believe. Here's what makes sense to me. Let me share it with you. See if it doesn't make sense to you. I'm not the authority. God's the authority. But I want to hear God. I want to be quick to listen to God. And I want to understand what God is saying. So here's the thing. When you say it, or you probably won't say it, but when you think it to yourself, or when you say it to someone else is what we usually do. And we really do this a lot around politics and around religious stuff and sometimes money stuff. But, but when, when we catch ourselves saying or, or catch ourselves thinking, I don't know why he does that. I don't know why she says that. I don't know why they believe that. Who needs the education? I don't know what... Who needs to learn some things? I don't know. Could it be maybe part of the problems with me? Maybe I need to slow down. Maybe I need to be a little quicker to listen, a little slower to speak. Why do they do what they do? Why do they say what they say? Why do they believe what they believe? Because it makes perfect sense to them. Just like everything you do, everything you say, everything you believe makes perfect sense to you. So when you're thinking, why would my son do that? Why would my wife say that? Why would my employees believe that? You know, what they need, not is to be preached at and put in their place and yelled at, probably what they need is for you to start with being a little slow to speak and being a little quicker to listen. Prioritize listen, listening. Be slow to speak. Be late. Be waiting to speak. Now, 
if James stopped right there, that'd be pretty good, right? Some things we can take with us. If I stopped right here, that'd be pretty good, right? Yeah, let's get out of here. Okay. But I'm not stopping because James didn't stop. Because James knows there's a lot more going on here than just we've got to all get along. James knows there's a divine agenda at play here. So James isn't finished quite yet. James says, everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because he's going to tell us exactly why we need to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. Because man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. James says, there's more than one agenda going on here. There's three agendas going on here. There's your agenda. There's the person that you're in conflict with. And God has an agenda as well. Now, your agenda is you want to prove you're right. The person that you're in conflict with, they want, they want to prove that, that they're right. But God has his own agenda. See, we want to be right at each other. God wants us to be right with each other. Big difference. God doesn't want us to be right at each other. God wants us to be right with each other. See, I want to be right. When I'm in a conversation that sort of escalates into a little bit of an argument, I want to be right. I want to just keep talking until the person finally throws up their hands and says, okay, you're right. Thank you. I win the argument. But come on, what do we really win when we win an argument, Right? She finally admitted that I was right. Really? Yes. Where is she? I don't know. She left. (laughs) But she admitted that I was right. Again, we can write someone right out the door. James says, that's not what God wants. See, you're thinking in terms of different sides. There's only one side. (laughs) God's not necessarily on your side. He's not necessarily on another person's side. There's just God's side. God didn't come to take sides. God came to take over. He came to take over our lives. For us to submit our lives to God. He doesn't want us to be right at each other. He wants us to be right with each other. And James is, in effect, kind of, again, pointing us right back to Brother Jesus' great command. Right before the cross, uh, Jesus, kind of 11th hour, gives this command to his disciples. As I have loved you, so you are to love one another. Read the New Testament. Jesus did not come to this earth to be right. If Jesus came to the world to be right, it would have taken him like 10 minutes. If Jesus had come to be right, it wouldn't have ended at the cross. Jesus didn't come to be right. He was already right. He came to reconcile us back to the Father. And he came to reconcile us each other. Jesus didn't come to be right. He came to make us right. Well, how do I get started with that? And James is like, I just told you. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Be slow to become angry. It's a great place to start. Be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Be slow to become angry. Let me conclude this whole thing. This idea of being quick to listen, slow to speak. 
When you think about it, that's exactly what God did for us. That's exactly what God did for us through Jesus. No, Jesus could have come to this world as a king, which he was. He could have come to this world as a judge, which he is. He could have come as a, you know, an adult prophet that just kind of shows up on the scene, telling people things, speaking the word of God. He could have done that. When God sent Jesus to the world, he sent him as someone who couldn't speak. This fragile little baby who couldn't speak. And for 30 years, Jesus just lived his life like we did. For 30 years, Jesus just listened. He just lived his life. He, he saw the highs and the lows, the disappointments, the struggles, the weddings, the funerals. For 30 years, he just listened. And then, after 30 years, he spoke. And when he spoke, people flocked to him. Right? Jesus just drew people to him when he spoke. Why? Remember, they said about Jesus, this guy does not teach like the teachers of our law. This guy is amazing. His teaching is amazing. He's got this new form of authority. Why? Because he gets us. He understands. He wants to see our hearts. He understands what we're doing, what we're going through. You know, he's here to help. He cares. He's not just listening to correct. He's listening in love. And that means he's speaking in love. And then Jesus does this amazing thing. He invites people to follow him. Most didn't. But some did. And he changed the world. He's still changing the world. And the invitation that Jesus offered 2,000 years ago to those people is still the invitation he offers us. Follow me. Follow me. We'll change the world. You be quick to listen. You be slow to speak. You be slow to become angry. Jesus came to make us right with God. In two weeks, we're going to be jumping back into the book of James, but that's my thoughts for this morning. We've got a song that we're going to sing as a song of encouragement. As church family, if we can help you in any way, you can meet us down front, and uh, we would love to talk with you. Let's go ahead and be standing as we sing.